Hello, and welcome to the Quiet and Strong podcast, especially for introverts. I'm your host, David Hall, and the creator of QuietAndStrong.com. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to understanding the strengths and needs of introverts. Introversion is not something to fix, but to be embraced. Normally, we will air each episode on Mondays. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform. As an introvert, I have long been aware that what's going on in my mind doesn't always match the expression on my face. Have you ever been perfectly happy? Then someone comes along and says, what's wrong? Or to be told something like, you know, it doesn't hurt to smile. Things like this can drive an introvert crazy. And for this reason, I've been misunderstood by many for a good share of my life. I've come up with some techniques and approaches to be better understood, feel connected with others, have my voice heard, and to be more confident. I've been giving this a lot of thought with some aspects of the pandemic, you know, such as wearing masks and attending lots of Zoom meetings. For example, I'm more aware of my smile and I smile more, but now that's hidden in public behind a mask. We previously discussed confidence. Confidence or self-confidence comes when you believe that you have great value, much to offer, and are worthwhile in your uniqueness. Are you a confident introvert? If not, this is something you can change. You can gain confidence in your worth and uniqueness and the gifts you have to offer the world. We all have individual strengths and needs. Confidence comes in knowing what your own strengths are and not comparing yourself to others. I have gained a lot more confidence in myself through self-awareness and understanding my strengths and needs. Also, another important aspect is being prepared for that meeting, conversation, or activity. In general, introverts do better with some thought ahead of time. So too often, we are misunderstood, perceived as uncaring, expressionless, because others can't see the wheels turning in our beautiful imaginations. So again, self-awareness is key. Embrace your strengths. You can learn to better express yourself both verbally and non-verbally. Keep in mind, nobody's perfect. We keep learning and growing. Learn from any mistakes you make and keep going. So let's talk a little bit about nonverbal communication. I have been in many virtual meetings this past year. And of course, even when we start to meet again in person soon, Virtual meetings will forever be part of our world, whether we're meeting with our teams or clients or others. So normally, if you're in an in-person meeting, you're not holding a mirror up to yourself, right? You're not seeing how others are seeing you. But when you're in a Zoom meeting, like I, like I said, I've been in many, many Zoom meetings this past year, you are in a sense, holding a mirror up to yourself. You're seeing how you look to others. So sometimes I'll look at myself and think, man, you're looking a little serious today, or even perhaps a bit grumpy. 
and I remind myself to smile a little bit more. I am not ever advocating being fake in any way. But if you're happy, you know, if you're happy and you know it, smile. I've also noticed others either slouching or not positioned very well on the camera. Someone in a last meeting was just a tiny little head in the corner and their face wasn't centered. It has been eye-opening to see myself and others in Zoom meetings. So you can position yourself better as an introvert, being confident, being prepared. And so let's work a little bit on that nonverbal communication. So your posture is very important. Sit up straight. Posture shows your confidence. But also, sitting up straight can boost your confidence. Being present in that Zoom screen can make you feel more confident. For virtual meetings, adjust your camera ahead of time. Take up the right portion of the screen and be in the middle. Be right in the center. And adjust the lighting. You know, I've seen people where they look like they're on that TV show where they're trying to be anonymous and you can't even make them out. And really, it's just because, you know, they're backlit and the camera can't compensate for the poor lighting. So to make sure you appear more confident on camera, take a few minutes before the meeting to turn on your camera, adjust the lighting, height of the camera, how close you are from the lens. So you really are presenting your best self in your best confident pose. You know, maybe just use practice with your camera software. Or maybe, you know, like I use Zoom all the time so I could open up a uh, my own personal meeting room and practice with that before I started start a meeting. Whether you're virtual or in-person meeting, again, sit up straight, lean in slightly, let your confidence show in a strong and engaged posture. Maintain appropriate eye contact. Not a stare, but appropriate. Also not as appropriate. Be confident in your tone of voice. Be calm and confident. Remember, it's normal for an introvert to think before speaking. So let people know when you're taking a moment. Again, bring that smile in from time to time. Not fake. I am not a bubbly person. And I'll never be mistaken for somebody gregarious, right? But in general... I am happy and optimistic, and I need to remind my face sometimes to show that. Watch your fidgeting so you don't appear nervous. And stay on camera as much as you can, but I don't stay on camera all the time. I do find it's important to be on when I'm speaking or leading the meeting. It's important for connection. It's important for other people to see you. There's some people that, you know, I may have had meetings with, but I haven't seen them on camera for this past year. And I, you know, don't know the reason. Maybe they're not confident on camera, but 
it would be nice to see them. You know, if I'm not speaking, I may turn it off for a bit. Maybe I am eating something. But even if my camera's off, I do try to display a good professional headshot. That's important too. So over the years, I have learned to smile more when I'm feeling it. But now in public, we're wearing masks. Masks hide expression. They muffle speech and create misunderstanding. So even though I've been working on smiling more, it doesn't work so well going out in public at the moment. So maybe you're in the grocery store and you have one of those awkward moments where some kids run in front of you and the parents are so embarrassed. And normally, you know, just a little smile at the parents would be, hey, you know, it's fine. But they can't see you smiling, right? So you let them know it's no problem, but it sure would be nice if you could just shoot them that little smile. They say that people can see a genuine smile in your eyes and hear it in your speech. So... Smile with your eyes when you're out in public in that with that mask and use the right tone of voice. You know, maybe you're out somewhere like the bank and not only you have a mask, but there's plexiglass between you and the other person too. And it's it, it can be frustrating. It's like, what did you say? Sorry, I didn't hear you. Again, smile with your eyes and speak clearly as you can. Keep a sense of humor. I do look forward to a day without a mask. So, communicating by phone has always been a big part of life. As an introvert, I grew up not enjoying talking on the phone. Fortunately, early in my professional career, email became widespread. And then a little bit later, I loved when texting came along. I think that I prefer to email and text over talking on the phone for a few reasons. I do like to think about what I want to say. When you're emailing or texting, you can get right down to business and not engage in a lot of small talk. The other thing is, as an introvert, when you're pausing to talk, that can be awkward on the phone. So through email and text, you know, you're not worried about any silence when you're taking time to think. But of course, I still do plenty of talking on the phone, both professionally and personally. Sometimes talking on the phone is the other person's preferred method of communication. Or sometimes particular conversations need more back and forth, and it would take too long over emails or texts. And right now for me, you know, while I'm telecommuting, it can replace that, a quick call can replace that dropping by someone's office for a chat. And I do miss that, being able just to have a, a quick chat with someone. So sometimes the phone right now is that quick chat. And emails can be more easily misinterpreted and certain conversations just may be better by phone. I was talking on the phone with a client and as she was just a little bit into her story, she started saying, are you there? 
Are you there? Of course, I assured her. I was listening to her. I learned that especially when talking to those that are uncomfortable with silence. It can be necessary to tell people, I am listening from time to time, or throw in that occasional okay. Also for those uncomfortable with silence, I need to tell them when I need a minute while looking up some information. I tend to not talk while I'm doing this, and that can make some callers uneasy. Sometimes I actually ask to put them on hold if I think it'll be a minute or so while I look up some things. Another important tip goes back to the smile. Yes, even when you're talking on the phone, be sure to smile. It will come through in your voice. Over the years, I've learned as an introvert, talking on the phone is still not my preferred method of communication. However, there are strategies to having successful conversations and thankfully, several other options that make talking on the phone less of a necessity. All right, now uh, we talked some about nonverbal communication. Now let's get into more of the verbal communication. I've always assumed that people know how I feel and where I stand. But I realized as an introvert, this is not always the case. While the introvert thinks and then speaks and the extrovert speaks to think, It may seem that the extrovert has more ideas because most of them are out there for everyone to hear. This can be a hard battle to fight since one's perception of you is their reality. I have been told that I could be hard to read and that sometimes I have a poker face. I guess that would be great for a poker game, right? This is not intentional, but there's just so much going on in my head. Also, my sense of humor can be a little sarcastic, and that can get me in trouble at times, and I need to be careful that my sarcasm is not misunderstood. I can also be perceived as calm when I may not be calm on the inside. This can be a good thing to bring calmness to a chaotic situation, but I never want it to seem as I'm uncaring when I am probably very caring about the situation at hand. Personally, I've realized I do need to make a better effort to let people get to know me and what's going on in my head. I will always be an introvert, thinking deeply and not sharing all my thoughts, but I can do better. I have great dreams, and not to sound too corny, but I really do want to make the world a better place. I have found that it's been very helpful to start with an awareness that people do not automatically know how I'm feeling. I need to communicate what's in my head more. And one way has worked comes from having better. One way that has worked for me comes from having better relationships with me. And among many introverts, relationship building takes time. Here are a few things that I've done and continue to do. I try to make a little more small talk. I've learned sometimes you have to start small to go deep. Relationships usually start with small talk. Have regular meetings and check-ins with those that work for me or I work for. I've learned sometimes, the hard way, that people will not always know what I'm thinking and feeling unless I tell them. 
I make an extra effort to try to remember people's names and try to remember things about them. This doesn't always come natural for me, but it has been quite helpful. There's many more things that we could talk about. Here's a good place to start. As people get to know you better, they will understand where you stand and the things that are important to you. It all starts with stepping out of yourself and building better relationships. What about being charismatic? Is that a goal for everyone? I don't think so, but sometimes it seems like that's what everybody's looking for. I have charismatic moments from time to time, but according to my definition of charisma, this is not something that comes natural to me. It's not just as easy as deciding to be more charismatic. As an introvert, again, I'm not always displaying all my feelings on the outside. I can be very passionate about topics I care about, and that does come naturally to me. But just be more charismatic, it's not that easy. While I do care much about others, I'm not the warm and fuzzy type, and I never will be. This was apparent when I was in a workshop on strengths, and a woman at my table described having empathy for others as actually feeling their pain or joy. I realized this definitely is not me. On another occasion, I heard a man that seemed to be similar to me discussing that having empathy in the way of feeling other people's pain was not one of his strengths. He says he could try to be empathetic in this way, but usually it came off as kind of creepy rather than genuine. So my empathy, I do care deeply about people. It comes from more of a place of imagination. I try to imagine what it's like to be in their shoes. Again, when we're talking about whether you use your imagination or you're more of an empath, neither are good or bad. Each have great gifts and we need to appreciate our gifts and other gifts. But we need to understand the differences. I'm deeply connected and loving to my immediate family, my wife, my children, my parents, my siblings. I feel connected and care for those that I work with, my friends, others. But again, if you're describing empathy as actually feeling the feelings, that's not naturally happening for me. My empathy, my caring comes from my imagination. I can think about how someone might feel in a given situation and consider the options of a decision that might impact someone's feelings. But again, I just don't feel it in the same way that someone who's more of an empath might. And, you know, some introverts are going to be more of a thinking person and using their imagination. And some people are going to be more empathic. So this isn't a one-size-fits-all when it comes to introversion or extroversion. For impasse, the challenge may be to keep emotions in check rather than letting them rule. And also figuring out how to separate your own emotions for those others that you're dealing with. 
and from the situation. This may take some practice and skill if it doesn't come natural to you already. Keeping emotions under control will also help you be viewed as more confident, especially if you're working with others who are not the strong emotive types. It's important to be aware of our own level of emotion of emotion and how it's displayed in our communication. Be confident and prepared and let it show through in the things that you say and the things that you don't say. Understanding yourself and how you can be perceived as more confident can help you get your voice heard. Thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to further connecting with you. Reach out at davidandquietandstrong.com. My website is quietandstrong.com. I'll add social media channels to the show notes. Please comment on social media posts related to this podcast. Send me topics or questions and we can address those on the show. There's so many great things about being an introvert, so we need those things to be understood. Let's keep the conversation going. Get to know your introverted strengths and needs and be strong.